0: Welcome to the Intentionist Podcast, where we explore the interplay between intuition, spiritual health, and
1: everything in between. I'm your host, Amy Schreiber. And I'm Hilary Zwallen. Our intention is to create a dialogue that inspires you to consciously forge your path with curiosity and compassion for life and its mysteries. Fellow intentionists, today it's episode 58, and we are calling it Details in Duality, where we are discussing the Eight of Pentacles and the Sign of Gemini. And if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. And if you're uh if you've been with us for a while, we're so grateful that you're here and happy that you guys are a part of of our little tribe, I guess is what we're gonna call it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that word that is overused, but yes, <laughs> the tribe. Um, so if you're joining us for the first time, we did a creative drawing of the tarot cards at the beginning of the year to inform the collective energy of what we were going to put forth. And so Amy's going to talk about the Eight of Pentacles, which is what we drew for this month. And then I will be talking about Gemini season, which we are right in the center of right now.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. So the Eight of Pentacles, I'm excited to talk about because we haven't really gotten to cover these yet. We've done swords, we've done wands i think but not the not the pentacles yet so this in tarot this suit of cards is associated with the earth element and summertime and they function as both coins and seeds so this deals with anything rooted in the material world so it's investing growing things prosperity home nature so this is like about abundance which is very appropriate because this is the uh, springy, blossomy time of year. Yes. And so the imagery, depending on the deck you have, the one that I love is the Prisma Visions deck, and it's of this woman watering a garden. She's watering her little pentacle seeds. And the message of this card is to continue to steadily cultivate the garden of what you've established. And pay attention to the details. It's the time of craftsmanship and diligent work. So this is where we have the chance to really take ownership of ensuring our success through our own dedication. And like mm-hmm. we shared in our Eight of Swords episode, the number itself, eight, is a sign of infinity. It's, it's a number of really great balance and rhythm. So, so this is tapping into the steady, productive flow. You're chipping away on things. Last month, Hillary, we talked about the Four of Swords with the Taurus. Mm -hmm. And that had all the relaxing R words. That's kind Mm -hmm. of what we talked about. And this one is about all the more active D words like details, dedication, discipline, diligence, devotion, determination. So all those things that like kind of get tedious, you know, it's kind of kind of a hard Mm. topic. You're involved with this because you are trying to write your book. And oh my gosh, you're at yeah, the point where cool. it's like past the initial surge of energy. And you're like, I just like,
1: you're just chipping away now. That's a really good point. That's how it feels. I, I was thinking about just the process, like this birthing process. And it really does. Mm-hmm. This will even tie into where we're headed with Gemini. But the idea that, you know, there's first there's like inspiration, there's like the big bang, yeah. and it happens in your mind. And you're like, hey, or I mean, you know, we can mm-hmm. call it the big bang and reproductive ideas. But the <laughs> idea that life is formed, right? The uh-huh. idea is conceived in your mind and it feels so amazing, right? It's, it's, uh-huh. it's euphoric when you have a new idea, when you're lit up, when you're inspired, when you're in uh-huh. the inspiration of it all. And then you get to work on it. And now I'm at the point where, like I said, before we were on this show, that I've written about 170 pages of a first draft of this novel. And I I'm thinking, I thought it would be done by now. Like I thought, that by 170, I would be wrapping up because I didn't want it to be a really long one. But I think I still have about 40 more pages to get the concepts across that I'm working on. And it is, it is tedious. And within that, there's also there's still moments like I had a couple of days this last week where it was just, just really euphoric kind of ethereal channeling, you know, just in the flow feelings. But every time I sit down, it takes me a long time to get into the groove way more so than at the beginning, because I'm like, there's so much content here. Like, where do I even start? Like, how do mm-hmm. I sift this through? And then I, I it's now it's just I keep questioning everything that I've done and wondering if it's, you know, did I make the right choice? and And it's easy to get down when you're in the Nitty gritty, and you're in the details of everything, you know? Right. Like they say, the devil's in the details.
0: It is. It is. But also, it's like a really powerful concept to step into because you have full ownership over your own success. You your level of dedication is what determines your success and you're a hundred percent in control of that. And it's not about perfectionism. You know, it's about just continuing to show up for yourself and your creations in the way that you need to. So the same, you know, energy flows where attention goes. I think that this is a great thing to remember that it's just, you just have to attend to these things. You have to show up for the details and it does. It can look messy. It can look imperfect. But you just have to like be there, and that's what you are in control of for anything that you try to do, like a, a yoga practice, a book, a painting, like being a parent. You know, like all these things in life. Like we just have to show up and give it our attention, and that's yes. like what we are in control of. I was looking through this this sweet little book that actually your mother in law gave to me. Oh. It's called Now is the Time, 170 Ways to Seize the Moment by Patrick Lindsay. I really liked what he said on this one page. He said, now is the time to commit yourself. Those who succeed set themselves apart by their commitment. Most of us make an effort, we prepare, we try, but then we hope. If you really want to achieve something, you must be prepared to stretch yourself. You must distill your energy and focus all your efforts. You must give up yourself.
1: And truly give of yourself. It does yes. feel like a you're leaving a piece of yourself on the freaking field, right? Like, it's yes. like, like, I think about this book, and I'm like, Oh, man, what if I am like, what if I finish this book, which I will finish this book, like, yes. I'm gonna finish this book. But then it's like, Oh, crap. What if I finish this book, then like <laughs> I have to try to get a publisher. And then I have to see it like, then it's out there and people are gonna right. read it. And it's like a part of me is out there. And, you know, exactly. Yeah. You have to just give it over here it is folks yeah <laughs> it's true anyway. yeah
0: the other part I loved of this quote was I love the distill your energy phrase because distill mm. that means like to purify and concentrate something down to what's essential and it's how they make essential oils like we were saying before this doesn't have to be perfect you just show up in the most essential ways and knowing what is essential and what is not is one of the like tasks, you know, to decide like what is, what is
1: really needed here. I love that. The type of discipline and commitment is it's just it, and it's not about perfectionism, right?
0: No, no. Yeah. So this brings me to our little self-care for the 8 of pentacles since we're okay. on the whole distillation concept and yes. essential oils are made with distillation. So peppermint mm-hmm. essential oil has I mean, not not just the oil, but just the leaf itself. It has actually been proven in a bunch of different scientific studies that people type faster. They have more energy. There was like a study in nightclubs. People reported like more energy and happiness when they were smelling peppermint. Um, hmm. They could do more push-ups. Like their athletic ability was higher. So all these different studies I was looking looking in. Also, it really helps with digestion.
1: I always use it when I get sick, whenever I have a cold or something, I put it like underneath my nose and it opens oh, yeah, up. Your, all the you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So this is a very powerful little plant that it has both psychological effects from smelling it and all the physical effects from consuming it. So like in a tea. So I thought I would share a little peppermint tea recipe because, Ooh,
1: and we'll put this on Instagram.
0: Yeah. We'll throw this up. Um, but if you mix ginger with peppermint, so you can just mm. throw a piece of ginger and a couple lemon slices in some boiling water and then add a handful of fresh mint leaves and simmer it for like five or 10 minutes. Mm. And you strain it and you can add honey if you want it a little sweet. And you have your nice little mint tea and it smells so good. There's just so many great benefits to this plant and I love it and I think it's really since it contributes to focus and excelled ability I thought it would be really good to like as we're doing the work as we're in the nitty-gritty chipping away it can assist us in that and I'm actually I'm diffusing some right now nice. to smell it and see if it makes this conversation more coherent stimulating is- <laughs> there you exactly.
1: go I love it so with that shall we go to gemini yes All right. So Gemini uh, lands, uh, depending on the year, roughly between May 21st and June 21st. That's when the sun transits Gemini. And so then we're all kind of thrust into this period of energy and motion. And depending on who you ask, they might say, oh, this is kind of like this weird, dramatic season. And we go from kind of the, the earth stability of Taurus to this sign that's a lot more energetic and adventurous. So the energy can feel a little scattered or wild and and like very talkative. If you're feeling rude and you don't know why, maybe you're just a person having a weird day, or maybe it's that astrology strikes again and it's Gemini season. <laughs> so a little bit about Geminis. They're typically delightful to be around. They're charming and chatty, engaged and smart, but there is a twin shadow side because they Called Gemini the Twins, right? And the sign, mm-hmm. if you see the little zodiac sign, it it almost looks like a Roman numeral number two, but with like curved edges on the top and on the bottom. So there can be, like I said, this shadow side or a two-faceness where they can appear unreliable or untrustworthy. And there's a little quote that I found from this little from an article by Claire Comstock Gay. And she said, the really fearful thing about Gemini season for a lot of non-Geminis is that you don't have to be a Gemini or even have any major planets in Gemini to feel its full effects. It's not just about our Gemini friends acting up, but it's about this acute, uncomfortable awareness of the wild, multitudinous unpredictability inside our own selves. When we're not used to it, it's difficult to live with our own emotional messiness. It's not easy to allow ourselves to, to sometimes be too much. And that's Gemini kind of, it's that duality. It's our intellectual, chatty, engaging, smart side. And mm-hmm. then also what's underneath that and what's that, you know, that it's, that they call it the twins for that reason. I've also read that they're easy to date because they can just do all the talking. <laughs> you want to talk about the air element part of this? Yeah. there. I mean, I like how you brought up
0: first, just let me comment on the emotional messiness, like like the unpredictability, that's what the air element is. That is the, like air is changeable and mutable. And we talked a lot about this during our fall seasonal episode. Mm-hmm. But like the real gift of air is that it does change. Like it is not stagnant because no. it's moving, it's growing and it's changing and shifting, which is like how things grow and evolve. So that's that's the real gift here. And and because it is also air element, it is also associated with the powers of the mind. So mental clarity is really high, which is the great thing about this time. And it's a really good time to learn new things. It's a really powerful time to kind of like have a push of evolution in your mental expansion. Yes. So that's the air energy.
1: Absolutely. And right now, I mean, we're recording on a Sunday. We'll release this on Wednesday. So Mm -hmm. this will be kind of back in time for people listening. But today we're recording on the dark moon. And so I find that it's always, I always, my energy always feels a little weird when we have like a dark moon and we're in a sign like Gemini where it's like busy, crazy, lots of mental energy, because then there's also this thing about, you know, reflecting and retreating and moving inward. And so there's always those polarity points that are pulling at us. Anyway.
0: Well, it's the duality. (laughs) I mean, it's like the ultimate conflict in yourself you know when like the energy of the outward season or whatever mm-hmm. is like in conflict especially I mean when especially if you pay attention to your period which you do Oh yes. and you are <laughs> ovulating on the dark moon instead of the full moon you know which mm-hmm. is the kind of more matching energy it is I mean it is just a constant illustration of like that we are composed of these competing tendencies and the whole yeah. like it's just the whole dance of life is to be one then the other and like kind of learn to flow with it and not get too attached to any one state you know because it's always shifting
1: yes the function of gemini is they, they talk about in the evolutionary astrology glossary who which i have been quoting from the, on these last three signs but it's to give names and classifications to that which is and so it's to create an intellectual system of organization that allows us to logically order things so and naming and classifying things helps us to explain the nature of creation so it helps us to understand the vastness of the universe it helps yeah. us to understand the intangible and you know gemini is a masculine sign and so the energy flows from the center with no limitations it's just expansive it's it's you know, high intellect and expansiveness and communication where our voice travels forever. Um, Typically voracious learners, they want to know as much as possible and understand the nature of life through the brain. And the polarity points, which I think are kind of interesting. So the Gemini is ruled by the planet Mercury. It's in the third house. It represents the left brain and its polarity point is to the ninth house, which is Sagittarius and Jupiter which is the right brain. And if you know, and we'll get to Sagittarius, like towards the end of the year, obviously, when it, when it is Sagittarius season. But Sagittarius represents truth and natural law. And the Sagittarius, if you see the sign, it's the arrow pointing up towards mm-hmm. the heavens, right? It's our spiritual, it's our intuitive side. And so it's a polarity point with Gemini because Gemini is like our left brained logical, like they want to label everything. They want to understand it. They want to understand their environment by classifying everything and making sense of it and bringing it into the material world and, and out of the ethers, right? Where uh-huh. then Sagittarius is the one that, that causes us to focus on our intuition and our creativity. And like you were just saying, it's that duality of those two things. And so Gemini's our opinions about those truths. It's subjective, it's personal, and it's how you communicate your thoughts. That's what Gemini represents.
0: That's so interesting <laughs> that right? you like the whole the whole naming, like the desire to classify and name things, I have mm-hmm. been struck with like the random desire to start learning all the names of like the plants and flowers that I see around me. I've been like downloading all the apps, all the identifier apps. It must be a case of the the Gemini.
1: <laughs> That's interesting too. Yeah, I, yeah. To, you bring that up, and it was funny because just um, just today I was was it today or last night. I'm it's all it's all a blur. I was working on my book and. There was a spot in the book where she's the main character is moving from one landscape to the next, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to describe the foliage, and I was like, oh, I need to (laughs) jump in and do all this plant stuff, because I was thinking, I have no idea what the names of any of the plants are in my house. I have like 25 Mm -hmm. plants, (laughs) just like I literally have at least – 12 plants in one room. And I, I don't know what any of their names are. I, I that's not true. I know what the fiddle leaf fig is and that's it. That's the only yeah. one I know. So it's funny. Cause I was just researching plant names too. And thinking, you know what, that would be a good hobby to get into. Yeah. So that's funny. Gemini, Gemini strikes again. So mm-hmm. in terms of progression, um, we've talked Aries was the, the new year, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the, Zod- the, new, the Zodiac new year. Then we just had Taurus and Gemini. So Aries was the beingness, right? It was setting out on the journey. Taurus was discovering and internalizing the mission and Gemini allows us to communicate the values and the meanings that we've developed from those experiences. So as we progress through the wheel, right? And there's a lot of these wheels, these wheels of the year in different cultures, right? We talked about the Mm -hmm. medicine wheel from my shamanic training and the directions and how we, I mean, I was taught to use the medicine wheel as a way to look at the abstract problems that we deal with and, and take a look from different perceptual states. So this gives us a chance to divide it into more subcategories. This is our little Gemini thing. Sorry Uh, if you can hear my kid in the background. He's like, I have very loud children and people are now out (laughs) of school. So they're here. uh, Anyway, So in terms of progression, we can just use this. uh, The the Gemini allows us to communicate the values and the meanings that we've developed from those experiences as we travel through the wheel of the the Zodiac.
0: Yeah, I I mean, just a quick note about this whole wheel business and why it matters and why it's helpful. Like you said, you don't have to be a Gemini or even be into astrology to to like look at these things and look at these archetypes and these ideas, it's a little microcosm of what goes on, you know, whether with an idea, with a personal project, with a human Mm. lifespan, you know, like all these, all these wheel systems and cyclic systems, like they're, they're just really good tools to give perspective on what stage you're in and what, what may be coming next, like what to reflect on. It just, yeah, I found it
1: so helpful, especially in with, all the different systems with well and they really bring us back to this idea that we move in in the seasons and everything that i've studied especially when it comes to you know like science of the mind or the yogic science or you know mm-hmm. the, the way that the yogis think mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the right way of putting it and even when i've taken intuitive developments courses there's this element of grounding the need to ground and that in order to really receive and realize enlightenment, you have to be firmly rooted. And mm-hmm. it means we have to be in our bodies, we have to be okay. in our, in our material world. And so these, the wheel of the year really sh- shows us, okay, the way that you get in your body, and channel, and when I say channel, I'm using that word loosely, and meaning, mm-hmm. you know, channeling creativity is, is by, is by looking at it from all these different perspectives, which brings us to the planet, we were able to bring the cosmos and realize the gifts of the cosmos in our physical world. So Yes,
0: that's I mean, I'm thinking too that reminds me of something I was just learning about the chakra system. So, like in yoga, that's the the energy centers going up your spine, you know. And how like the the energy flowing from the ground up, that's like the energy of of healing. That's like you mm-hmm. connecting from the ground to the, to the cosmos, but the other direction from the cosmos to the ground, that's the energy of creation and manifesting. So it's like just one, just one more, just one more way, one more container, like to, to think about this stuff.
1: With I love you know? that visual because it makes me think of myself when I was younger, I've always felt very intuitive and very creative. And yet I've really struggled with like stomach aches and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think what happens is you have all this stuff going on in your brain and all these, all these things popping Mm -hmm. into your energy field. And it only gets so far if you're not firmly grounded. Like the, the challenge of my life up until this point has been to learn how to ground myself. And I feel like only in the last few years have I really started to understand the concept and being able to to do it in a way that's like truly effective to yeah. where i can actually realize a lot of the things that i've been wanting to bring it down right that i wanted to like take from and when i say bring down i'm i'm talking like we have the idea form that's like out in the ethers and then it comes uh-huh. into the, the the crown chakra and then it moves through our third eye and then it materializes. We communicate it. We start to say, this is what I'm going to create. And then it moves into our heart space. And we, we you know, feel the emotional vibes from that. And, and then we bring it into our, you know, sacral and like you were saying, down through the chakra system. So, um, yeah, that's one. Of,
0: I mean, that's one of the main reasons why I think we're doing this podcast is to shed light kind of on the like the opposing or or not even opposing but like different ideas that that will tell you what you need balance in you know like and so that's why we talk about so many different systems and philosophies about this because it like we're all good at something you know we all are naturally inclined to be a certain way but like what can bring real growth and balance is when we learn like what how are the other ways of operating here you know and how can we like apply like you said like you didn't know how to ground and now now you do like now that was like a big
1: task for you right learn, but. yeah I honestly feel like that was part of this incarnation was to like come down and figure out how to do this <laughs> <laughs> you know like that was part cool. of it okay so back to Gemini so they developing the the mind and intellect is the logical relationship with the scheme of things like their mm-hmm. the, their environment it's not necessarily to understand the deeper meaning it's the classifications like we talked about earlier Scientist. and like Yes, scientists. Exactly. Yes. So Gemini, like you mentioned before, is a mutable sign, which means that change is pretty easy for them. You know, if you have a lot of Gemini in your chart, you know, if you don't and you're in Gemini season, this is a time where change is likely to happen. And the, ex- and the extent of the crisis depends on the extent to which the person has identified with the constructs and limitations that need revising. That's a quote from um, Jeffrey Wolf Green. So Just to review the quick keywords, and again, these are both the shadow and the the positive and negatives, right? So, which every sign has, by the way, it's yes, which every sign has exactly. So, communication, learning, writing, a little scattered, maybe superficial, very thinking, left brain, cynic, a trickster, ever changing, opinionated, a fluctuating viewpoint. These are all characteristics that describe that Gemini quality. Then they went. This article went through and, and named a bunch of famous Gemini's, and and it was interesting to see the the difference. It was like Donald Trump was a Gemini, Newt Gingrich was a Gemini, and then there were all these like really benevolent figures that were Gemini's too. And I can't remember any of those because I was, of course, just like what, <laughs> like focusing on the other people. So, like human? yeah, that's yeah, like exactly. always interesting. Why don't you talk about the myth? I we we brushed oh, yeah. over that.
0: Yeah, the myth of Gemini has to do with these twin brothers in Greek mythology. Their names were Castor, who was the mortal son of a Spartan king, and he was known to be really good with horses. And then Pollux is the immortal son of Zeus, and he was a really great fighter. So apparently their mother was impregnated in the same night by both her husband and the king, and then Zeus in the form of a swan. So Zeus liked to do that. He liked to take the form of animals and seduce mortal women, apparently. So anyway.
1: Love those Greeks.
0: uh, Yes.
1: (laughs) Ancient Greeks, I should say. So
0: that's how they're twins. That's how they're twins, Mm -hmm. but one's mortal and one's immortal. But they loved each other like they were great best friends. And when Castor died in battle, Pollux begged Zeus to reunite them. So that's why he put them in the sky together and they're in the constellation and I was reading that for sailors it was really good luck for a voyage if they could see both stars in the constellation both of the Mm -hmm. stars that represented the the twins heads but it was really bad luck if only one of the stars was visible so I thought that was just an interesting like we need I mean we need the duality duality. yeah yeah like that's how it operates you know that's the Mm -hmm. balance that's the light side of the force and the dark side of the force if we want to go Star Wars again. but
1: Well, and speaking of the no. shadow, I was in, in my book here. I know I'm probably belaboring the point, but I was just working on I'm, I'm getting to the place in the book where I wanted to explore the shadow. And I think that's why I've been resistant. Cause I'm like, Oh, every time I, right about this stuff it's i always have to like dredge up like deep words. yes yeah. i have to go into my own shadow and then i have to like take responsibility and like you know do some spring cleaning internally and i think uh-huh. that is it, it's not like it's not easy work like it's challenging and i think that's what uh-huh. we see right now with our own spiritual evolution in whoever you are out there you know wh- whatever wherever you are on the path it's it's always moving And a lot of times the work isn't easy and and dancing with the shadow can, can shed light on what we've been holding and things that have been concealed to us. And it doesn't necessarily mean that shadow is evil or it's bad, but like, I I love your point again about the duality. And I think, yep, that's what I'm. Maybe that's why it's all landing at this particular moment in time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we also have a sol- summer uh, solstice coming up on the 21st. So we do, yeah. I wanted to bring attention to, we have talked about that before in the past, right? With uh, our seasons. Yes, uh, that, was, getting the in first alignment. that was the first one we did. So, I think so for those of you that are interested in knowing what to expect for the upcoming solstice. We did a podcast last year talking all about different traditions and living in alignment with the seasons um, and what to expect for the summer. So you can go back through our archives and look for that
0: episode. I'll tell you what episode it is. It is episode 18. Episode yes. 18.
1: Episode 18. Yes. Yeah. So episode 18, if you want to take a listen to, to that. And again, this is a really interesting time of year. It's like the solstice time of year and that it's just great to remember that these are the these are the pockets of time when when we give a little bit more of our attention to what it is that we want to visualizing to shedding that which is bothering us to letting go of old habits that we can really see the results like we we use the the cosmos in a way to amplify i think of it like for people that are interested in crystals or any of that stuff I got into crystals like several years ago. And uh, the, the thing I always think about is the the, the clear quartz, the crystal quartz, mm-hmm. where, you know, you, you can use it to amplify what it is that you're trying to manifest. And so this is really that interesting time of the, the year where we can focus on all these, all this, you you know, living in alignment with, with the concepts of Gemini, it's, you know, being will, being open to change, being willing to to go on an adventure, being willing to to look at where your dualistic nature lies, and and then thinking, okay, well, now we've got this upcoming solstice here in a couple of weeks, so what do I want to do to really focus on the, what I'm going to do for the next three months, or the, the next half of year, or the next full year, however you want to to ritualize that.
0: Yeah, I love that you brought up the point about. Um, like the shadow aspect and, and trying to learn and integrate your shadow aspects. Like it's not, me and Danny talked about this, my husband, Danny, we talk about this all the time because we both make art and it's one of those things that you just, while you're doing it, you go through a million different things and you encounter every emotion and terrible thought of self-doubt and yeah. like- like you really encounter your sh- your shadow in the details of the work you're you're doing. Like that's the gift of the work. Like you get to face it and and integrate it.
1: And that is beautiful. By the way, I want to just like what what you just said was like, oh my gosh, love that. Oh, Thank Go you. Go ahead. Sorry, hopefully I didn't <laughs> um, derail you.
0: It's okay. No. Um. Yeah. So so with with the shadow though, like. Going back to the point about, about perfectionism and, and the shadow, like we, I was thinking about, it's kind of like, it's something that I've heard a million times before, but last week I was thinking about it and it kind of really hit me that, that your shadow is like, it's not something to like heal or solve. It's something to like own, like it's part of you and, and to see it as this separate other thing that you need to like. Let go of, you know, that's not a helpful way to think about it. And I think
1: because I think that's still part of the Judeo-Christian ideology too, where uh-huh. when you associate shadow with like evil and like banish evil from your existence, right? I think that's yeah. still part of our our shedding to to really like to encounter the shadow, like you were saying, is something to embrace. That's really foreign if you've been brought Uh up in a judeo-christian thing because i at least for me i always associate shadow with like or at least i did for Mm -hmm. 30 something years with it being like something i wanted to avoid because it was dark and spooky you know
0: right but that's when it becomes the monster you know that like that is so much more scary than it needs to be i mean and and like if you think about just like fear itself like looking at at yourself like say you're doing a project and you're showing up and and then you you have all your fears come out all your fear and resistance saying like you're not good enough to be doing this I'm afraid I'm wasting all my time like like just fear like like oh I feel afraid you know Mm -hmm. I feel afraid that for whatever reason ridicule or whatever else you know that is like that's okay you know I think we beat ourselves up about about having these when, when our shadow like, like arises out of the depths, because we have dedicated ourselves to some sort of work, which is necessary for growth, like, like we, we feel bad that it's there, and we don't want it there. But it's actually mm. just this great guidepost. It's this great sign that like, you're doing something worthwhile, if that's what's mm. coming up, like you're doing something big enough for you.
1: So Ooh, I love that. You're doing something that's big enough for you. And so, of course, it's scary because if it wasn't, it wouldn't be uh-huh. big enough. <laughs> right. right. I love that. That's great. Amy. Amy, the Thanks. sage today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. I was literally taking notes because I was like, oh, yes, the shadow. That's, I'm in that space right now. So I'm having to muck around with it.
0: Yeah. So things <sighs> to think about this, this Gemini season of your mental expansion and your details work. Anything else you wanted to say, Hillary?
1: No, no, I mean I just I I think the the one thing I was thinking about, you know, because it's Gemini season, that it's okay to lean into that inner scientist, to that inner logic, into that reason and understand that you know, I know for this podcast we're all about intuition and and kind of exploring the esoteric and the magical and all of that, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's really helpful to just lean into the the material world and to classify things and, and utilize that dance between the left brain and the right brain and, and focus more on the left for a second, because I would imagine that most of us that are listening to this podcast are, are intrinsically right brained and spiritually open. And so, you know, to dance with that inner critic or even that inner cynic, I think that, Mm -hmm. that really piggybacks with our last episode, which was all about burning the teachers or, you know, not Mm -hmm. figuratively burning the teacher's and the idea that this is how we take our power back is by using both sides of the brain, right?
0: Right. That's a great point because our left brain is how we communicate. Like we can't relate to other people. We can't develop meaningful relationships. We can't, we can't really do anything unless we're a whole being, which is like using both aspects, the linear, the creative, you know, we need it all. And we talk about that all the time but it's just it's worth saying I think all the time yes
1: yes well if you guys are joining us for the first time please head to our website intentionists.com and sign up for our newsletter which we do send out occasionally (laughs) and we would love to connect with you, please, please feel free to send us emails or connect with us on Instagram. That is really, I feel like we do a lot of our chatting in our DMs and on our Instagram posts. Yes, absolutely. So if you'd like to engage with us there, we'd love to see you. And if you, if it, it would mean so much to us if you have a minute and you enjoy what you hear here to head over to any of the uh, podcast platforms and leave a rating and review, we would just love you forever. So thank you for spreading love and helping us to find other listeners who would be, uh, who would benefit from the content here that we're creating. So thank you so much. Thank you. That's all just lots of gratitude. Yes. Thank you. Have a great week. Before we part,
0: we'd like to say thanks for listening and we hope you'll connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.
1: We would love to hear from you and appreciate all feedback, shares, and likes. To learn more and subscribe to our newsletter, visit intentionists.com. And no matter where you are or what you're creating, we send you love and invite you to breathe and begin.
0: See you next week.